Welcome to Making Fit Work. I'm your host, Nina McGough, certified personal trainer and nutrition coach and busy mom of two. I'm committed to helping you get real results by sharing best practices and life hacks to staying consistent. I also regularly interview other busy professionals who have mastered the ability to juggle it all while staying the course with their health and fitness. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Fit Work. I am super excited to have Amy Bouchat here with me today. Thank you so much, Amy, for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh my gosh, I am so glad to be here. I don't get to talk about this as often as I would like, which is all day, every day. (laughs) Before we dive in, let me do a little bit of an intro for you. Amy is the director and executive editor of Military.com, host of the Humans Outside podcast and creator of Humans Outside, and she's a full-time mom to two very active boys, which I saw, and military wife. That's correct, right? You got it. I know it's a lot. So good job. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So we met via a podcasting website and I was like, all right, this podcast is called Making Fit Work and I don't even know how Amy does it, but I need to hear from her exactly. Yeah. I am a fitness lover. I don't know. Junkie. is. Can we use that word? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, like it makes me feel alive and my poison of choice is running. I love to run, although I have uh, been a CrossFitter. I'm also CrossFit level one certified. So like I took that very seriously for a long time. Yeah. I started doing that in 2013 and stopped doing it last year. And that was because I finally realized through tearing my labrum in my hip that one cannot do everything well. (laughs) So You have to pick your battles. And I decided that really the thing I loved is running more than CrossFit. But, you know, uh, making that decision really freed me up to be really dedicated to one or the other, as opposed to always being sort of prohibitively sore. You know, like that feeling like, oh, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of CrossFit listeners. We love to brag about how sore we are. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm so sore. I can barely walk, you know. But that's like, there's a line there, right? Between now you're building muscle and also now you're about to get hurt. So, right. <laughs> and so getting hurt is where I went. And that was because I was trying to do everything, 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 everything. Do all of the things. Yeah. I was running to CrossFit workouts, doing the workout that was prescribed and running home. That's not what it's designed for. At that time, were you also training for races? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I was trying to do everything. And so I dropped one and I started doing the other just as a passion point. And, and this is really key. I hired a coach. I hired a running coach Mm. so that I was no longer wasting my time sort of wandering through the wilderness of, okay, well, I mean, I guess I'm like, if I want to run a hundred miles, maybe I'll just like run 20 this week. I don't know. Right. So let me back up for a second. Did you hire the running coach once you decided and committed to, because I saw that you had committed to the 100 miler, the ultra race. Is that when you were like, okay, I'm not just gonna try doing this on my own? Or had you hired the coach beforehand? No, I had toyed with hiring a coach for a long time. Um, But what I really wanted was to hire a coach who's going to help me do CrossFit and run. Oh, got it. And it was the injury that really showed me that that was probably not the reason you couldn't find a coach who does that is because that's stupid. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
So I tore my labrum. I had surgery to repair it. And I then decided I wanted to run 100 miles as my comeback. And then I hired a coach to help me to move from I'm on the couch recovering from a labrum surgery to I am able to do this fitness challenge that I really want to do in a safe way that wasn't Mm going to end me back on the couch recovering from a labrum surgery again, which I really didn't want to do. Also, running 100 miles is a big commitment. Like running anything well is a big commitment. And so when you're making fit work, you need to really understand how that's going to fit into your lifestyle and a coach can help you do that. Yeah, for sure. So let's back up a little bit because I know that people are listening to this and going, what? A hundred miles? Me too, guys. (laughs) (laughs) When in your life did you first find races? So as you mentioned, my husband's in the U.S. Army. And when he was deployed to Afghanistan in 2009, he was in a unit that lost a lot of soldiers. A lot of people were killed, which meant that back home, I knew a lot of people who were now widows. Mm -hmm. And one of those widows, her name is Lisa Hallett. And she said, if you want to support me, if you want to know what you can do to help, what you can do is show up at a weekly run and say the names of these guys who were killed out loud and then run in solidarity because she was a runner. Bringing tears to my eyes right now. Oh, yeah. It was like very powerful because when you know something, like just think about if you've ever had someone in your life lose a loved one. I mean, that could be even a dog or cat to a family member, right? Like some sort of loss. What do you do? Right. How do you know what to do? There's really nothing to do. And it creates this situation where you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say and you don't know what to help. So you don't do or say or help at all. Well, when Lisa lost her husband, John, what she said to us was, here's what you can do. Right. And so even if you weren't a runner before, which I most certainly was not. Really? Okay. So you weren't. Wow. Mm -hmm. It gave us something to do. I am and have long been a doer. I want to do something. And so she gave me the gift of having something to do for her and by extension for all of these other people who had also lost service members. And so we started doing this uh, weekly run and, and I didn't even go to it weekly, but it planted this seed for me that running was something that could help. Right. And that could help me cope with my side of this too, which is, you know, having a husband overseas and in danger and all the emotions that go along with that. And so that was in early 2010 that she started doing that. And that's how I started running. You know, I had a kid in a stroller. I mean, that's not that long ago. No, I had a kid in a stroller. It's who I pushed for my runs. I built up to, I don't know, eight, nine miles over time. And then I had another kid and I pushed them both in a stroller, you know, and I, you know, when you start running and you start talking about running, all of a sudden now you're aware that there is such a thing as a 5k or a race. And if you're affiliated with other people who are doing this, they're doing races and now you're doing a race. Right. And that's how you start racing. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, sort of by a group effort. Before you started running, were you still always into fitness or was this kind of your first introduction to it in general? I was very into wanting to be skinny. So, 
okay. I like that. That's very honest. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, I was very into wanting to be fit Mm -hmm. and wanting to look a certain way and wanting to feel healthy. Mm. I didn't understand or associate those two things, those things with fitness if that makes sense. Right. Yep. I very specifically remember driving by a billboard on the highway and seeing like the person in the image, it was a billboard for a gym. The person in the image had that beautiful shapely shoulder thing going on. Right. You know, when you've been yep. doing pushups or whatever, and you get that line between your collarbone yep. and your shoulder muscle. That nice muscle definition. Yep. Yes. That nice muscle definition. And I was like, I want that. That's what I want to look like. Okay. okay. So whatever I have to do to have that is what I want. I would say, though, that that is a very different thing than being into fitness, right. which is a healthy understanding of what this does for you and all the benefits and that endorphin release and all of the wonderful things that we know come with loving fitness and being out there and running or going to the gym or whatever it is you do. So no. When did that difference start to click for you? Yeah. So no, I wasn't into that. I I would say after I started running, you know, they talk about a runner's high. If you're not a runner, you are like, sure, that sounds like a lie because running is terrible. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, after a couple of miles, I would say the first two miles of any run are terrible for every single person who does it, by the way. After that, you start to get this beautiful endorphin release. And now you like it because it feels good. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's when it clicks. So fast forward, and suddenly you're doing marathons, triathletes too, or no? Yeah, I did. I decided that I I was better, or I liked swimming more than running. And so I should do a triathlon because I was never going to be a fast enough swimmer just to swim. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd do the whole thing. But as it turns out, I really hate cycling. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. That's funny. I did one sprint triathlon, and I was the opposite. I felt like I was going to drown in the swimming portion of it. (laughs) And I really pushed and picked up the pace with the cycling and the running. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I always feel like I'm going to get hit by a car. So when was your first long race? So I'm thinking like half marathon, marathon. Yeah. Okay. So I registered for um, a half marathon. I think anyone who's ever run has done this. Register for a half marathon. Do not really train for it. Uh, Go out there, kind of die. Okay. So this happened, I don't know, 2010. Don't do that, guys. Big mistake. I mean, you're going to. Everybody does. But, you know, don't. Yeah. In 2015, I did my first marathon. And I trained for it. We were living in Tennessee at the time. It was extremely hot. I have these pictures of me like dying, you know, in this humidity and heat. And I remember running with a friend who at the time did trail ultra running. Okay. Which is what I do now. And him looking at me and saying, you know, running a marathon hurts, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I did not know that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those moments you look back at and you're like, Like you can see yourself being like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Right. 
But, you know, I did it. I did the Marine Corps Marathon in D.C. The reason I picked that one was because this organization that was started by my friend Lisa, um, whose husband was killed in Afghanistan, called Wear Blue Run to Remember, had a presence at this race. And they have, uh, if anyone's done the Marine Corps Marathon, they know what I'm talking about. They have this mile of the race course called the Blue Mile, and they have posters of fallen service members. And then See, I'm getting emotional now because it's so beautiful to me. Yeah, that's me. Uh, posters. It's a very solemn, quiet place. But then after the posters are people holding flags and cheering. And it is uh, so incredibly moving. And and for me, it's the reason I'm there. You right. know? And so I did that marathon. I've now done that marathon five times. Uh, wow. If we, if, if we counted 2020, which I did not actually get to do the marathon in its full way because I was recovering from hip surgery, but I've registered six times. So, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so I, you know, I did that race and the thing that, again, if you've run a marathon, you know, you say you're only going to do it one time, but then you don't, (laughs) then you don't, you register again. And again, and all of a sudden, now you're registering for things that are longer and harder. We don't know why, but you are. So further away. Now you want to do all the marathons. That's right. That's right. And then somebody says, you know, if you liked that, you might like. At this place, right. (laughs) Yeah. And now you're doing a 50K. Oh. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Because I think a lot of people, before we get into the 50Ks and all that stuff, at this time, you're now running marathons regularly. How old are your kids? About. Yeah. So when I started doing this, my youngest son was three and my oldest son was six, three and six. I mean, marathons take a lot of time and dedication. So even for someone who's run them regularly, I mean, a marathon is definitely not something you go into without training. No. Right. Maybe no. a half. But not well, a plenty of people do both, but I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't recommend either. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same way you make time for anything that's important to you. You organize your schedule to prioritize this thing. You are spending part of your weekend doing a long run. You are hiring a babysitter, but you're not going out for a girl's night. That chick or gentleman's coming over to your house at seven in the morning and you're going for a run. You have to prioritize it the same way you do anything else. And it has to be, it's a decision. I mean, it's pretty simple. Right. I think I was reading one of your podcast episodes and this clicked with me because I recently heard another person who I really am inspired by say something similar. And you essentially said that you do a lot of the same things every day. Like you eat the same meals, you buy the same stuff. Let's talk about that consistency. I'd love to hear like how you got to that and what you feel like it does for your day-to-day and being productive. Because that's probably a big part of it, right? Yeah. So I think your tolerance for consistency is a little bit personality dependent, right? We all have heard of Steve Jobs wearing the same thing every single day, right? That's what that is. It's consistency. It's removing that decision point from his day-to-day life where he gets his classic gray turtleneck out of the closet and that's what he wears today. It's his uniform. You're having your schedule and these consistencies day-to-day is like a schedule version of a uniform. This is what I put on. And when I 
have that, then I can devote my brain power to changing other things in my day. But again, I think this is really personality dependent. So for me, that works really well for me. I find a lot of comfort Mm -hmm. in that, but not everybody enjoys that, Mm -hmm. you know? So my recommendation would be like, if you are somebody who does not enjoy eating the same thing for every meal, you think Friday is the spice of life, which by the way, I definitely don't (laughs) think that's not me at all then you should find things that don't bother you to be consistent right. on and devote your creativity and that divergence to other things. But yes, in my experience, being very consistent with those things allows me to carve out parts of my schedule to be a little crazy and yeah. go for a four-hour run in the middle of the day. Right. You know? Well, I think it has a lot to do with like people feeling... Like at the end of the day, they have no willpower, right? They don't have any willpower to work out or mm-hmm. to make a nice, healthy choice. And I think so much of that is because we use up that willpower during the day. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, with so many other different little decisions, and that maybe if we could streamline some of that stuff, maybe it would leave some willpower left over. Yeah. So, I mean, I struggle with that too. When do you and I, I'm assuming other people do this, okay? I hope they do. (laughs) When do we find ourselves standing in front of the cabinet eating chocolate that we had absolutely no intention of eating today? Right. You know, and it's not because I'm hungry. Right. It's not because I have a sweet tooth. It's just because I thought, you know, like my brain's like, you know, what's good? Chocolate. That's good. Right. You should eat some of that now. And all of my willpower is gone. I can't say no to that at 7 38 o'clock at night. You know, right. my best case scenario is to strap myself to a couch with a hot tea in my hand. And oh, I don't want to get up and spill my tea, like to put a barrier there. So, where would consistency come in with this? Well, if I had made a plan, and this is another thing you sort of brush on scheduling, if I had made a plan at the beginning of the day that at 7 p.m., my rear end would be at the gym doing a run or whatever, I will be at the gym doing that. But if I try to make that plan in the evening, it ain't happening. Right. I need to have a schedule and a plan in advance because I know that when the rubber hits the road, the willpower may not be there, but I will stick to the schedule and the decision I made early in the day. Yeah. I love that. So that intention that you set for the day, that's what you're going with no matter what. Right. And I will say like having a coach for the running part of this and for the fitness specifically, having a coach has really helped me. Um, I think you would probably accomplish the same thing if you had a training plan that you got anywhere, but I do what's on my training plan. Right. And I don't make that up. Someone else does. So if my training plan says you're doing this core workout today after your run and it's 7 p.m. and I haven't done my core workout, guess who's going to be doing a core workout in front of a TV? Right. And that's because it's on the schedule. If I was setting that for myself, I may or may not actually do it. But you've got that coach who's going to be like, hey, did you do that core workout that was on your plan? Yes, correct. And I'm a little afraid of her. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how do you talk about running? I'm just interested from like a mom perspective. I know we're going off a little bit. How do you talk about running and your goals when it comes to like, because now you're doing like ultra stuff. Now the commitment, we're upping that ante, we're upping the training time, the dedication, Mm -hmm. the preparation. How do you have that conversation with your kids about like what it means to you? Yeah, I think first of all, life is a matter of seasons, you know, so you make a decision that this is the season for your kid being in soccer every night of the week, right? You know, Uh, this is the season for you're going back to school. 
going to classes every night of the week instead of taking your kid to soccer. And that mm-hmm. was the season for me running a hundred miles. Got and it. so when I decided to do that, I contemplated what I thought were the pros and cons. You know, I, I'd never done it before. So I didn't really truly understand the time commitment mm-hmm. from a, you know, application standpoint. Like in my brain, I was like, oh yeah, this will take a bunch of time. But really understand what that is until you do it. No. So I said to my, you know, I talked to my husband about it. I talked to my kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be gone running a lot. Um, That's going to mean you're biking along behind me, which by the way, they hate, you know, because it's just like cycling for a mile waiting for mom, you know, or you're going to be here at the house. They're a little older now, so they can stay home by themselves for a little bit. And I'm going to do laps around the neighborhood and come check in on you every 20, 30 minutes, you know? It's going to mean when we go camping, I'm going for a run, see you in two hours. Um, and so it's really having that conversation right. with your people and knowing that life is in seasons. Now, I did a 100-mile training this summer. To be clear, I did not actually complete the 100-mile race. I made it 70 miles of it. It was a... Oh, man, Amy. Yeah, I know. Extremely tough race. Um, I read about it. Condition... like. Yeah, I got I got a lot of excuses. Let's put that. Hey, way. But seventy miles is no thing to. But I get it. You signed up for a hundred. Yeah, I get it. I signed up and I say I trained for a hundred, but I actually did only seventy of it. So I did that this summer. I am not doing that again this coming year. Not because I didn't like it, and not because I wouldn't love to try again, but because the training load is not something that I want to inflict on my family right away. Right away. Yeah, I get that. You know, maybe in a different life season, maybe in a couple of years. But this summer, I mean, they, I, they gave up their summer with mom, really, for that. There was a day I took my son, like, on a solo mom camping trip. Like, the two of us went out. He's 12. Okay. And he played at a playground in this tiny little Alaska town for, like, three and a half hours while I did laps and came back by the playground every 30 minutes. It's like, hey, how's it going? You good? Need a snack? You know? Yeah. And that was like hours of our camping trip together. Right. Except that we weren't together. I was running. Yeah. You know? And then I was tired. <laughs> and then I was starving. Right? <laughs> and then I couldn't walk. You know, on and on and on. Right. So I'm not going to do that to them again. But they know, like, in our family, we all have value and we all share priorities. Right? So we take turns doing things that we love. It's never just the kids get to do full-time soccer or just the parents get to have careers. It's okay. This is the season for this. You know, it's a trade-off. I love that. You're all supporting each other. That's the theory. (laughs) (laughs) Now you just mentioned like, then you run and then you're hungry, right? So did you have the same coach or a different coach help you with your nutrition? Because this is huge, right? You're you're getting in some major yeah. miles. Like, so I have worked with a specific nutrition counselor. Her name's Nicole Spitzak, for years and years, and I kept working with her. Her specialty is not necessarily running, but we have such a good rapport that I wanted to keep working with her because I knew what would happen, which is that. I wouldn't eat enough or I would eat too much or I would eat only candy, right? Because I didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. And so I really knew that I needed to 
make sure that I had somebody supporting me on that. My running coach does offer a nutrition program, um, but I did decide to stick with who I had. Yeah. What made you start to work with your nutrition coach to start with? Was it running? Well, sort of. In 2017, I remember how I said I was really interested in being skinny. So... (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. So in 2017, I felt like I had been working really hard with this CrossFit thing, but I wasn't necessarily at the size that or the healthy weight that I wanted to be. I, you know, I was a little bit heavier than I thought how much I was working out should warrant. And it was frustrating. And I was eating what I thought was a really clean diet. It was, it was, I was, had done whole 30 several times. I had dropped all of that extra baby weight. And I should mention, I struggled with obesity as a teenager. This has been a lifelong challenge for me. Right. My father would have us go up and down these huge flights of stairs for exercise, okay, when I was a kid. And then he would take us to the donut shop on the way home, you know? So it was just like, just really poor relationship with food and just really bad thinking. So Whole30 was great for me because it, first of all, weaned me off of Diet Coke, which I drank like water. And help me really understand this relationship of that a lot of your fitness is made in the kitchen. But I knew that I needed a little bit of extra help. I had known her in person and I asked her if she could help me understand what I needed to eat to fuel my body from a like you're working hard and this is how you're going to feel better by like eating well. Right. And I actually was able to lean out quite a bit by learning about macro counting and understanding how calories in, calories out, basic math. Right. But the, one of the dangers of Whole30 is that you eat a lot of fat and you don't necessarily understand food from a total calorie perspective, like a total fuel perspective. Mm-hmm. You're understanding it from a ingredients perspective, which is also extremely important. It just is only one part of the equation. So (laughs) my understanding with Whole30 is it's really meant to be like an elimination diet for people to start, right? To figure out like, do they have any sensitivities? What's bothering them? Yeah. And one of the side benefits can be really reduced inflammation because you just stopped eating stuff that really, as it turns out, is not good for you as as you, not necessarily the whole population, but right. you. Yes, in general. Yeah. Yeah, in general. And for me, getting rid of artificial sweeteners was a huge deal for me specifically. Right. That's where you notice the biggest impact. Yes. Which is why I mentioned the Diet Coke. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. There was the connection there, right? So let's dive into, because I want to talk about the humans outside. Yeah. You mentioned you were living in Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. And then is it from Tennessee that you decided to relocate to Alaska? And when did that happen? Yeah. My husband was, as I mentioned, active duty army. And he really, during that deployment I was talking about earlier, sustained some injuries that we like to call in this community hidden injuries. Mm -hmm. So a traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which you would have heard of referred to as PTSD. And they're really difficult to treat because they're, as the name suggests, not seen. Um, And so as we started to figure out that he was dealing with this stuff over time, we realized that one of the things that was really helping him deal with it was going outside, was spending time outside. And so we started spending more and more time outside together as a family. 
But we also realized that it was not helping him at all to still be in the active duty army at that point. Um, you know, going to work every day, wearing the uniform every day, potentially deploying, really being at the beck and call of the army, which is, of course, what you sign up for when you join the army. And that's great. But if you're trying to heal from an injury, maybe not so much. Right. So we decided that what he really needed to do to, to chase that healing was to leave the active duty army, get out. And we needed to sort of refocus our lives on what was important to us. And at that point, it was spending time outside. It was understanding how nature could help us and help us as a family heal. And so we had really the option to move anywhere. My job's completely remote. Right. Uh, and so we decided, hey, why not move sight unseen to Alaska? <laughs> so we did. Amazing. And how long have you guys been there for? Yeah, so I'm coming to you from Alaska today, and we have been here since uh, since June, rather, of 2016. Oh, wow. Long time. Uh, it seems like a long time to me, but if you ask people here, it's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> Also, people in Alaska refer to things by winters, oh. like I've lived here five winters, oh. like that. So, So was it after Alaska that you started... Because I was looking at your website and I was just so interested in this 20 minute a day challenge or is, like, when did that come up for you? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, we had moved here really to help my husband and boy, was he helped. I mean, things were great. Right. But I realized like, okay, I just moved to Alaska from, from Tennessee. Tennessee. That is super yeah. far. And I'd lived here about a year and I was hanging out waiting for Alaska to behave itself. Okay. Like why, <laughs> why aren't you good weather? Yeah. Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? And I was basically yeah. watching Netflix while I waited for this. Okay. And as it turns out, that's not how weather or time works. <laughs> and so I had this moment, I literally was sitting on my porch Memorial day weekend, 2017. So we'd been here about a year and I was reading Harry Potter. Okay. And it is raining. Like there's raindrops making indentations into the pages of this book. Okay. Like splat. And I'm cold. I was like, it's like 55 degrees. I'm wearing a hoodie and a beanie and a scowl, big scowl. And I got a cup of coffee out there. And I remember watching the rain ruin my book and thinking, what is happening? Like, why won't this just be the summer? It's the summer now. What is the problem with you, Alaska? Um, why can't this outdoor nature help me? What? Why? What is your problem? And I realized that the problem wasn't so much Alaska, although we could certainly improve the weather sometimes. It was me. I was not doing the thing that I needed to do, which was understand that the weather isn't going to change because I asked it nicely. And that if right. I wanted to see any benefits from going outside, I would have to actually, you know, go outside. And so I am a person, as I'm sure you've noticed, who likes consistency and a challenge. So I decided that the best way for me to make myself see if there would be, in fact, any impact by going outside at all was to 
go outside for a certain amount of time every day. And I did that for a couple of months over the summer. It was great. But then I thought, you know what? It's the summer. Of course it's great. It's not six degrees below zero and blowing wind. Right. So I wondered what would happen if I did this for a year. And so I sort of reset my clock and I decided 20 minutes seemed like the ideal amount of time. Uh, because it was, you know, by happenstance suggested as an ideal amount of time by some research. But also the most important part of a challenge is to pick a thing you'll actually do. And so 20 minutes was something I thought would fit into my schedule. So I decided to try this for a year and that was September 1st of 2017. It is a long time after that now. It's been over four years that I have been going outside every single day because at the end of that first year, I thought, well, this is great. Why would I stop? Right. So yeah. here we are. So you go outside every single day for at the least 20 minutes. That is correct. And what do you do when you're outside? Oh, what does one do? Well, you know what? There are so many options. That's what's so great. So in the summer, I do a lot of sitting on my porch reading. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of, um, you know, just sort of like, enjoying watching the world go by. In the winter, I do a lot of moving because it's very cold. Right. So I have discovered an array of new sports. I now ski in many different ways. As it turns out, there are lots of ways to ski. And so now I do some of them. I have learned how to snowshoe run, which I never thought I would. I never even knew that was an option, if we're being honest. (laughs) I trail race. You know, this is a lot of why I do so much running, because I was trying to find things to do outside. Right. We attend a wide variety of community events outside. Um, I had never in my life until just recently been to a Hanukkah celebration, because that is not the tradition with which I was raised. It just never was something that I had in my world as something to go do. But hot dog, we needed to spend some time outside. And I saw that there was a Hanukkah celebration in my community and off we went and it was beautiful. And I'm so glad we got to do that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, you name it, we do it. In 2020, because it was my pandemic purchase, I bought a hot tub. So I do a fair amount of hot tub soaking now uh, outside, although I did make it many years without doing that at all. So you can go outside in the wintertime without a hot tub, but it does help. You just need the right gear, right? Just need the right gear. That's right. Because, um, okay, so I had a friend this morning actually post a story on her Instagram feed saying that she was too cold and she doesn't know how to do it. And it's only 35 where she is. And right. oh my goodness, yeah. I cannot hang. Okay. We live in New England. So I feel like I won't lie that that's me. I'm super active yeah. in the summer. And then once it gets cold, I turn into a big baby. <laughs> so that's okay. Because I am convinced that there is one key thing missing here. And it is that you are not comfortable. Why would you want to do something when you're uncomfortable? Why? Right. Terrible. No, I don't want to. No. But if you knew how to layer your clothing or you had mm-hmm. high quality and warm outdoor gear, so one of the two, uh, or a combination depending on where you live, like where I live, definitely need both, um, <laughs> right. you would be comfortable And then you would like to go outside in a way that you do not right now. It would still take effort because one, getting dressed like that takes effort. It's not that fun or easy. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, why, why? Like, why can I not just put on shorts and t-shirt and call it good? Right. So how did you learn how to layer correctly? Oh man, I asked for a lot of advice. Um, I watched people I know do it. 
uh, I read a lot of things and I experimented because you can have all of the knowledge in the world, but your body will still be your body, right. not someone else's. And so you just have to sort of take advice as you can get it and then find what works for you. So I tend to be very cold. And what works for me is keeping my core warm, mm -hmm. keeping my like when we think about core, we only think about our abs and our chest. Right. But your core is, I mean, it should really, I think, include your groin and your butt. Yep. Right. It so, does. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't really think about that because like we wear I a nice vest, right? And it goes over your chest and that's your core. We're good. But it's more than that. So you want to keep all the places that really are taking care of your blood flow warm. <laughs> good point. So I am a big fan of like a vest and a warm pants or even better, uh, it's called a snow skirt. I'd never heard of this before we moved here. Okay. It is literally a skirt that you put over your pants. Okay. Ah. It can be long. It can be short. It's like a little cute little mini skirt situation. The one I have. Okay. And it's like sort of, it can be a puffy, like a puffy jacket material with down, or it can just be quilted. I have a fantastic little mini skirt business from smart wool. And you're going to see this. You're going to be like, that looks stupid because it looks like you're just trying to be stylish. Okay. But you're not. What you're doing is you're wearing a warming material that happens to look adorable because it's a mini skirt. So I love that. Yeah. And then you want to keep your arms warm because your arms are moving blood to your hands and you want to invest in a pair of boots. And it honestly, this really one really is an investment. You're not going to wear them enough for them to wear out super fast. So if you think about this in terms of, I will wear these for several years sort of lessens the blow. <laughs> right. But warm shoes really help because think about it, like your right. feet get cold. Mm -mm, right. No good. Zero stars. That's amazing. So this is an actual challenge that you have set up that people can join, right? This 20 minute a day challenge. Yes. Tell us about that because like I said, a lot of the people who are listening to this are probably on the South coast. Um, we are in the middle of winter right now. It is cold. I know I need that motivation. I would love to kind of jump in on this challenge. So can you drop some more info? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing to know is there is not like a right or wrong time to start doing your one year every day outside challenge. You can start today. You can start tomorrow. I would suggest starting immediately because that's a good time to start when something's in your brain. Do not delay. And the new year is right around the corner. You can do it then. The humans outside... 365 challenge suggests that you pick a certain amount of time to go outside as a minimum every day for a year. Now, my time is 20 minutes. Maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe you want more. Maybe less is good for you. But whatever you do, pick something and stick to that as a minimum. Okay. And your next goal is to very simply spend that amount of time outside every single day for a year. Uh, that's 365 days for most years. So we'll just roll with it <laughs> as a normal thing. And the challenge comes with several different types of challenge kits that you can purchase. So those range from our most basic kit called the ground level. See what I did there? And it comes with a challenge guide that I have written and labored over for many hours to make as best as it can be. Um, exclusive advice, 
delivered right to your inbox, a challenge tracker. So if you dig a coloring sheet, you can use it for that. If you're like me and you like to just X crap out, cross that sucker out, you can use it for that. And then the ground level comes with a finisher decal so that when you finish your year outside, you have this beautiful decal that says, I did, you know, 365 days, I did it kind of thing. And the next level up comes with a finisher medal. So again, if you're like, you know, can we tell that I designed these because of me? (laughs) (laughs) If you're like me, you love a medal. I got a whole rack of them for my races, right? So, or if you're like a Spartan race kind of person and you love a Spartan medal. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next level up comes with a medal in addition to the other things I just mentioned. And then the third level comes with all of that stuff, a humans outside decal in addition to the finisher one, and then a great buff or neck gaiter. Buff is the brand name, but yeah. And so you can buy one of the challenge kits. I will send you that stuff straight from Alaska. So it's created by me for you. But all of these things are really designed with one goal, which is one of the things you just mentioned, that motivation, right? So you're creating accountability and motivation of somebody saying, hey, how's your outside time? Hey, have you done it recently? Hey, how's it going? Hey, do you need some help? Right. Do you need some tips? Right. Do you know what to wear in the when you're cold? Because I know what to wear when I'm cold and maybe I can help you yeah, figure that out. Awesome. And it's really like this community sense of coming alongside as you are trying to develop a habit that is something that can really improve your life, but also, you know, on the subject that we're really talking about today, increase your fitness. Because one of the things we know is that when you open up your life to having a space to be outside, you're going to try new things, whether you think you are or not. Because every day is a lot of time. right? And you're going to find you are encountering opportunities to expand your horizons in a way that you never thought you would. I have now tried ice climbing. Did not think I would ever do that. But I did. Right. Okay. Was it for me? Is it something I'm going to do every day? Probably not. But man, I sure had fun trying it. Yeah. Well, and I think it sounds too, like an easy way to also realize that you can build consistency with something you've never done before, right? Absolutely. Yep. Because about building the fitness and the nutrition habits, so much of that is just trying to get consistent, realizing or finding ways to make it easy, right? So whether it's committing to going outside for 20 minutes or making your meals at home or working in a workout regularly, like how do you build a habit in an easy way that allows you to be consistent. Yeah. So there are a couple of keys to building habits. Um, I mentioned one of them is pick something you'll actually do, right? So that's why so many New Year's resolutions fail, right? Because we're like, oh, I'm going to drastically do this thing. And yeah, you definitely were not drastically going to do that thing ever, yes. you know? So pick something that you'll actually do. Making a plan is really key so that you build this thing into your life in such a way that when you no longer are building it in, it just happens. So think about brushing your teeth, okay? Most of us probably, uh, and all the hygienists out there are nodding, brush our teeth twice a day, right? When we get up and when we go to bed. I don't even think about doing that anymore. It's just part of my routine. It's a habit. That's a habit. And that's what you want to make going outside into being. And so one of the ways to do that is to, for at least a little while, do it at the same time every day or do the same thing every day. Um, another key is to pick something that you actually enjoy. 
One of the things that I really like to do is to go on a walk in the woods behind my house. We live right next door to a high school and there's a high school like wooded area cross country course that is underutilized right behind my house. So I have basically trails behind my house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like going back there. And so if I was going to start building this habit right now, that's the thing I would do. I would go out there for a 20 minute walk every day. It takes me five minutes to get to the trails, five minutes to get home. Okay. There's 10 minutes of my time. Right. Now I'm going to walk around for 10 minutes. We're done. Right. You know, and now that's a part of my day. And guess who else thinks it's great? My dogs. So they're going to remind me. Right. So that comes through the next thing. If you do this with a friend, create accountability in person. Awesome. If you don't have a friend to do this with, create accountability online. That counts. So one of the things we do on Humans Outside is we have Humans Outside Instagram and Facebook page. I actually personally share a picture of my own outdoor time every day. And I have done that since the day I started doing this. That's my accountability. I share a photo. I hashtag it humans outside 365. And I welcome you to do the same. That's awesome. If you tag me or use the hashtag, I 100% will see your photo. I will like it. I will comment on it. And now you're creating accountability where I'm like, hi, yeah, where, like, where are you being? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> haven't seen your photo in yeah. a minute. Maybe photos not your jam, but you can have this community and then you can join the challenge where you've created this situation where you paid a little money to have a challenge kit. That's a concept known as win skin, where we have skin in the game. And so we're more likely to follow through because we feel like we have made an investment that's done on purpose. I did that on purpose. I could give you free stuff all day and all night, but we know psychologically that isn't the same as you actually investing. Oh yeah. That's why people join gyms Mm -hmm. and are more likely to go when they pay. And then finally is to have a a set deadline on the calendar so that you're doing this consistently for a certain amount of time. And it creates an expectation within yourself that you will accomplish this goal. I love all those tips, Amy. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I feel like all of this stuff is so relatable, whether you're just want to get outside more. Maybe you do want to start training for something big, or maybe you just even want to start with something small. All this stuff has been so helpful. So thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. You know, you guys can see all of these challenge kits on humansoutside.com. And of course, following on Facebook and Instagram and creating that accountability, totally free. So I hope to see you guys on there. Yeah, I'll be dropping all those links in the show notes too. Awesome. For anybody who needs to grab them there. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem, Amy. Thanks again. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Making Bit Work. If you did, it would mean so much to me if you took a minute to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference and would be super helpful to me. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, if there's something in particular you'd love for me to address on this podcast, feel free to shoot me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and find me at fitwith underscore Nina. Again, you can find me at fitwith underscore Nina, or you can join my private community on Facebook called Making Fit Work and drop topic suggestions in there. Until next time, my friends, be strong, be healthy, be happy.